0: Hey, you're listening to Be Your Best with Phil Haugen, where we explain the methods that help bridge the language barrier between horse and rider. Our goal with each episode is to provide you with the training philosophies that will help you to be your best every day. Thanks for joining me for this week's episode of Be Your Best Horsemanship. This is Phil Haugen coming to you from the bunkhouse at our training facility here in Weatherford, Oklahoma. I hope you are having an awesome week of training and everything else that's going on in your life. couple things this morning. First of all, I'm going to talk a little bit about equipment and just some of my philosophies on equipment so i've had through the public and private events of over the last you know several years i get a lot of questions on well let's just start with bits so you know everybody's heard me say this but you know my philosophy on the bit is that it is simply a tool to send a signal or a tool to stimulate a response from that horse's body but see it's a signal that goes to that horse's brain first and then the horse's brain tells the body what to do or what response to try you know and so because of that because it's just a tool to send a signal there is, you know, for me, or I have not discovered it yet, if there is one, but for me, there there is no magic bit or no bit that works perfectly every time you put it on a horse's mouth. I mean, I think part of it, you got to back up and think about this too. I mean, a horse's mouth is composed of the same muscle, tissue, teeth, Uh, I mean, real similar to ours, our bottom jaw is mobile, our upper jaw is stationary. Well, that's how theirs is. Obviously, our mouths and a horse's mouths have, you know, differences just in shape and size and all that. But, you know, there's not any of us that would rather walk around all day with a piece of metal sticking in our mouth or, or resting in our mouth than without it, you know, and I think a horse is the same way. I don't think, you know, I I think we're kind of kidding ourselves if we think they love a bit. You know, they, they tolerate some much better than others. And there's a lot of good equipment out there. This is not a, you know, this is not a podcast against bits or any kind of equipment but just understand that the equipment that we're using we're using it for our benefit not for theirs and that's why you can see people that get so much response with something other than a bit i mean mike major i didn't see all of road to the horse but i saw some of it you know and my mike just basically had halter on that horse that he won road to the horse on well that right there just tells you it doesn't take a bit to get the responses that you're asking for now it is a it's a tool that i use every day and i'm you know i'm a snaffle bit guy in the training process you know the reason i like a snaffle bit is because i i think it's more of a user friendly signal to the horse it's uh You know, just depending on how it's used. Now, here again, I'll back that up with, you know, a snaffle bit can be the most severe tool ever used, depending on the hands that have a hold of it. You know, so as far as bits are concerned, I mean, understand that, I mean, it's a simple tool to send a signal that sends a message to that horse's brain, and then the horse's brain sends, sends a message to the body. To respond in a certain way and hopefully when they respond in that certain way they they are provided a very quick and clear release and when we do that and they recognize the release then they know what the signal meant then they know that that signal means give this response I mean that that's how that all works now you know, the bit, you know, can send more than one signal. When you, uh, you know, I like a D-ring snaffle bit because that that is a bit that's gonna put contact or pressure on the corner of a horse's mouth or on the bars. And, you know, that to me is a fairly simple signal for a horse to recognize now when you start to put shank with it curb strap with it the length of the purchase meaning the length from the mouthpiece to where your bridle is going to connect the length of that is going to change the pole pressure um you know increase it or decrease it depending on the length of it the shank is going to increase bar pressure curb pressure and pull pressure depending on the length of it. So when you when you start to advance to a shanked bit, which is still just a tool to send a signal, you know, we just have to be aware of those signals that we're sending and and think about that. Now, I think people that are good horsemen and horsewomen, to be honest with you, I think you could put about I think you could put about anything in their mouth, give them a little bit of time, and they're going to figure out how to use it, and they're going to figure out how to get those responses. And you know, so I, I, that's why I say there's no there's no bit that you know I'm 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 I know there's bits called the perfect bit and the magic bit, and you know I'm not saying there's no perfect bit or magic bit. I'm just saying the bits are a tool to send a signal. And a lot of great bit makers out there. There's a lot of there's a lot of really good bits out there. You know, I personally use a handful, but I have you know, probably a hundred or 200 bits in my in my barn. And that just tells you at, at one point in my career, I was looking for, the bit that was magic (laughs) you know that that worked on everything well really and truly sometimes the bit instead of fitting the horse it's more about fitting the rider some of us are better with certain bits because of the way we ask for our responses and the way we send our signals so i don't you if i have somebody here that's really really light and soft and slow with their hands I can use a little more bit if I need to. And sometimes, sometimes I do because sometimes their signals with a softer bit are so soft that sometimes the horses don't recognize them. And, and, you know, that can be kind of the opposite of what the challenge is with a lot of other riders and trainers. So, you know, it's just everybody out there You know, when it comes to bits, take what you got and figure out how to use it. And really, I think you'll get along great. I think you'll get along great. But take what you've got. Think about the signals you're sending. And if you're, you know, if you're using a piece of equipment that's sending three or four signals versus one or two, you know, your horse is going to have to have just a split second to figure out what that signal means and and what to tell its body to do what what it you know what to tell its body to respond to that signal and and you know when i started thinking about that and started understanding that more i tell you where it really helped me is when i transitioned to say I started roping on a horse that I'd been riding in a D-ring snaffle or maybe a short shank snaffle, and maybe I transitioned to something um, with a little more shank when I started roping on them or, or working them on the pattern or whatever. I mean, it, it really, you know, to me, the bit doesn't have anything to do with the discipline. But with more speed, I do want a clear signal and I don't want to, with speed, I don't want to be in a tug-of-war. I mean, I want a clear signal that I get a response from. And, you know, and I, and I don't want to, like I said, I don't want to, sometimes you can go with a little more bit and a clearer signal so that you can soften up. So you you can definitely do that, too. So when, but when I, when I change, mouthpiece or a shank piece or the change from one bit to another I I go through my same foundation exercises that I do with a d-ring snaffle because I want that horse to understand those signals because the signals are completely the signals come across differently when you change headgear when you change bits not just headgear headgears your head stall but when you change your bit you know so you think about that well i go through those same elementary exercises which the elementary exercises is what creates great horsemanship great communication great leadership you know people that are really really good at basics are advanced horsemen so when you when you change one thing that i think is really important give your horse some help and let them feel and understand what those signals mean with that different bit and i know there's there's a lot of people out there that work them in one bit and run them in another and and you know have have success doing that i'm not i'm not saying anything about that, that you can't do that. I do think that for consistency and for being able to flip that switch back from the reacting side to the thinking side, I think the clearer those signals are and the more your horse understands those signals, the more consistent you're going to be with getting the responses you're asking for. And if you're more consistent, getting the responses you're asking for that consistency is going to lead to more success. You know, so I I think that's kind of a no brainer when it comes to talking about bits. You know, every time I switch to a different bit, for whatever reason, you know, I go through a lot of those exercises, because I want that horse number one, not only to associate that signal with thinking with flipping that switch back to the thinking side of their brain if they're not already using the thinking side of their brain but i want them to associate that signal with softness softness see if if i don't have a horse looking for the response if every time they feel a signal they don't add automatically start looking for a response they're going to do one of two things they're either going to look for a response or go into self defense mode which means brace get stiff you know basically go into a mode where they with where they're in self defense mode well when they're in self defense mode a horse just just gets stiff all through their body from their nose to their tail head and we've all felt that i felt it yesterday I tell you what, yesterday was was a Monday, and it had been, those horses had had a couple days off, and the wind was blowing, and it was kind of, I mean, it was really warm here yesterday, and that wind was blowing up under their tail, and they were about half grabby, and Tugging on me a little bit, and and I mean these are horses I've had here a while. They were, they were just, uh, it was, and, and every one of them. Yesterday when I got done, Bridget asked me how the horses ride today, and I said, be honest with you, I mean it was not a great day. <laughs> it was not a great day, but but at the same time, it it, you know, it started out a little rough and it got better and we ended good, and you know there were times yesterday that i was riding a couple of them horses in a d-ring snaffle and and they were wanting to i mean they were giving to it they were finding the release point but i mean they weren't really really soft doing it and i had to use my inside leg a little bit to pick that rib cage up even a little more and i don't i try not to do that unless I need to because I want that horse to get to where just the feel of me picking up that rein they find that release point and that softness but yesterday I had to I had to help them and I had to help a couple of them quite a bit and part of that was them and part of that after I thought about it after I got done last night and it was kind of a long day I was I was a little frustrated slash annoyed <laughs> at the way the day was going, and I was probably not quite as patient as I normally am with asking for my responses, and I probably went into that male alpha mode where, by God, you know you're you're gonna you're gonna heed to my to my signals and uh in fact i'll be honest with you i know i did that well you know i talk about it all the time i mean nobody's perfect nobody's got it all figured out i mean as the day went on it got better a lot with the the wind was a big part of it we've had a lot of wind this spring and you know, so those horses were pulling on me a little bit at times, and I was out in our big riding area. It's wide open, no fences. You know, if one wants to grab their grab their butt and take off, I mean, they can. So there was a time or two yesterday I pulled on one pretty good because I needed them to come back to me. Now, when I pull on one, I'm I'm just saying it's a stronger hold. I don't, I don't pull on one a lot. If I I rarely really pull on one. I just, I send a clear, stronger signal and I hold it. I get along way better just holding that signal because the pulling usually stimulates more reaction and more stimulates them to go into self-defense mode and so that i try to just go with a hold and let them find that release point point. and so but as the day went on it, it like i said it got better and i ended good on all of them and today will be better but that's just part of it and there like i said there were times yesterday that i thought you know i i wish i had a little more bridle i wish i had a little clearer signal to help my horse now today I'll go back with my D-ring snaffle on most of those horses, and I guarantee it'll be a different day. Those horses will be a little more in the zone. It was a long day for me yesterday, but it was a long day for them too. So they'll be a little more in the zone, and I expect my responses to be really, really soft today. Well, you know, I think Everybody needs to understand that all of us go through that. So like yesterday, could equipment have made a little bit of a difference? Yes, probably. But at the same time, it's still, no matter what you have in their mouth, for me anyway, it's still just a tool to send a signal. And when I send that signal, you know, that tool is that is a, you know, it's a tool to send that signal to that horse's brain, their mind, so that it can send a message to the body. Because like I always talk about, the body doesn't do anything that that horse's brain doesn't tell it to. And the fact that the, our horses get so responsive and so quick with their responses really and truly when you think about that is pretty amazing pretty amazing because that horse's brain is working just like you know a computer at just a very very high speed so you know when we're when we're working on you know when we're talking about equipment you know of course that the the bridle is is the number one tool i mean what you're using to send a message, to send a signal signal to that horse's mind, their brain, so that they, they can process it and send a signal back to the horse's body or a message to the horse's body to try this response. You know, it's really pretty amazing that we get done what we get done with that, with that piece of metal in their mouth. So, you know, that's one of the things that I think I think bits more important than the bit is the philosophy of using the bit. Or for me anyway, that was kind of when I started to figure that out, that was that was kind of life changing. Not kind of life changing. It was really life changing. So anyway, and there's still some times that I fall back into my old habits and I have to remind myself I need to be better. I need to be better with that tool, communicating with that tool. Because if I feel my horse is going into self-defense mode, getting stiff and bracy, I'm not communicating with that tool like I need to to get the responses that I'm asking for. So, I I hope that you know I hope that helps helps you with thinking about the the tool that you're going to communicate with that horse's mind with so that you can communicate with that horse's body. You know, other equipment, you know, your pad and your saddle. Here here's one, th- there's lots of. We just talked about this last week when Jake Fulton was here when we were riding and working horses and and you know the saddles are are important. There's a lot of good saddles out there, a lot of good pads. Here here's what I'm here's what I'm after. Is I always think about them in combination, pad and saddle, with each horse and try to match the pad and the saddle to the horse to where it can be somewhat comfortable as it sits there. I mean, really and truly, here again, you know, it's so important that we have great collection with our horses that, you know, we got to think about that equipment we put on their back. Hopefully it's somewhat comfortable so that they don't mind arching their back against the tree of that saddle and against that pad. Because just like when you when you flex that horse in their rib cage right and left, you know, side to side, and then pick that rib cage up, you got to understand our pad, our saddle, and us sitting on them they all three make that more difficult. Maybe not the pad quite so much, but the saddle, you know, a wood tree covered in leather sewn together. And then you put that on their back, cinch it down front and back, and then we sit on it. And then we expect that horse to pick their rib cage up and be nice and round in their back and soft in that rib cage that is why collection is such a challenge i mean because everything we do restricts it you know so the saddle you know when i throw a pad and a saddle up on a horse i i want it to i want it to sit there like it kind of fits like it's it finds a comfortable spot you know and there's a lot of guys um a lot of people out there that are just experts in saddle fit and saddle making and, and all that. And, and I don't really claim to be that when I throw a saddle up on one's back though. I know if it looks like it's comfortable and it fits that horse's back. I mean, and that's, that's a tough one. I mean, it's really tough when to fit a horse, you know, not every saddle, nobody can make a saddle that's going to fit every horse. I mean, I've got I've got you know, 2-year-olds, 3-year-olds, 5-year-olds, 6-year-olds. Every one of them has a different back and every one of them I put a different saddle on. When I saddle horses this morning, the first five I saddle will be you know, I'm going to use different saddles on each of them and there's a reason why that saddle and that pad is on that particular horse you know i've got a little i've got a little filly of michelle darling sits out of a dash to fame stud in a in a registered poa and you know that horse is narrower really really athletic really a nice nice little horse it's for her daughter and kind of a project for her daughter and you know that horse is you know it's more like you're fitting a shetland pony so not not every saddle that i've got fits that horse you know so with saddles and pads you know try to find when you throw that saddle up there on that pad you know it it should it should kind of melt down on that horse's back and and fit and feel like it fits one thing that i do i put my hand on the horn and i put my hand on the cannel and like i don't want a bunch of rock in that saddle i don't want that saddle rocking back and forth a bunch i mean there there might be a little movement in there but i i don't if it's rocking a bunch the bars of that saddle you know in the tree of that saddle is is probably not designed to fit that particular horse so you know, just things like that. I mean, with equipment. I mean, you 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 know, just just be smart about it and use some common sense. There's there's all kinds of good products out there. Lots of good products out there, but understand equipment is kind of like training in the fact that it's all about that bit and that horse, that saddle and that horse. It's not. It's like horsemanship. It's not generic. I mean horsemanship is communication great horsemanship with this horse is all about communication and leadership with this horse not not the herd you know in that same way with equipment so those are just those are just a few things I wanted to talk about with equipment because that that subject comes up every every time I'm working with a trainer um, I'm leaving for Giddings, Texas in the morning for that clinic. And, and I guarantee you that's one of the things we'll talk about all of that. At some point during that clinic, we'll talk about equipment. We'll talk about bits. We'll talk about the use of bits. So I just wanted to share that with you. I hope you all have a awesome week. Have a great week of training. Keep, keep striving to get that 1% in every, every phase of your life. One percent, that's very attainable. Get one percent better, even the things you don't want to do. Just do it. Get one percent better. You'll be better for it. Have a great week. God bless. And as always, today and every day, let's try really, really hard to be our best. Hey, thanks for joining us on today's show. To learn more about the training program that inspired the Be Your Best podcast, Head over to philhavenhorsemanship.com and join our online community by following us at philhavenhorsemanship on Facebook or Instagram. This is where we're going to be sharing tons of training tips and information about how you can experience our Training Through Understanding program at one of our upcoming clinics. As you go through the day today, I want to encourage you to figure out one thing you can do to get 1% better, whether that is in your horsemanship journey, your career, or your personal life own it and be your best God bless and have a great day of training